Amen. Good morning, church family. Good morning. morning. If you are able, please, please stand for the call to worship. Jesus, we cannot help but look around us and see. Some of us are weary, give us strength. Some of us are frightened, give us courage. Some of us are worried, calm us down. Some of us are sick in body or in spirit, heal us. Teach us through our worship that we are in this world to love you, to love ourselves, and to love each other. And please join me for our first hymn, number 62, All All Creatures of Our God and King.
standing, please greet someone with a smile or a kind words before you sit down. go to prayer, and I asked Pastor if I could um, maybe start it this morning. For those of you that are on our prayer chain, I've asked for prayers for Joshua before, but I was really moved by a post this morning on Facebook. I've been following along. Joshua is a relative to one of my former co-workers. He's a young man, I'm guessing maybe 11 or 12 years old. And he's got a rare inherited disorder called Lesch-Nyhan syndrome. I never heard of it before. It's um, a genetic deformity that's passed on from the mother to the sons. It's like having severe painful arthritis, something called gout. For those of you that have heard of gout, it gives poor muscle control and mental disabilities. Um, this past few days, his sister, who is, I'm guessing, maybe eight or nine, was able to spend some time in the hospital with him. They've been in the hospital this time for 24 days now. I think today is day 25. And mom's been giving updates. Um, and it's called Life with Joshua. So if you're on Facebook and you would like to go read some of her posts, they are very uplifting in spite of what they're going through. Um, this morning's, or last night's, was even more so because I think as Christians, we would like to hope that if we were going through a crisis, we would rely on God. Many times we don't, though. Many times we blame God and we um, wonder why me or why my son, why my daughter, why my family. Um, this fa family that is going through this have a very strong faith and her testimony last night was how they have been able to bring someone to Christ while they are in the hospital. She was doing laundry, and somebody who's been watching them for days 
came up to her and started talking. She said, you know, I've listened to women talk about their faith during struggles, but when I heard your husband talking, that was totally different. I'd never heard a man talk about faith. She noticed that they have Christian music playing in the, the room, and they sing to Joshua. Dad has been reading Joshua, his, Joshua's Bible. This past few days while the sister was there, she was reading the Bible and explaining to Joshua the stories that she was reading. And this person said that watching Joshua as these people were doing God things for him had really moved them, and they figured that if this family could still laugh and smile and joke around and sing, that maybe their, this God thing was really true. She wanted this peace that this family's been able to have. And I'm imagining that she's there because some loved one is also in the hospital, or she wouldn't have been able to see this. So. I encourage you, if you are on Facebook, to look up Life with Joshua. For me, it gives me hope. I've been blessed that I haven't had to go through anything as horrible as this. And I've often wondered whether I would be able to be as strong. But this gives me hope that if for some reason I have to go through some kind of tragedy, that God will still be with me and I will be able to bring somebody to Christ through my actions. Thank you. Amen. 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 We don't always see prayer answered the way we want it to when we want it. But how we deal with life is going to tell other people whether we have faith in God or not. Okay, amongst the things that I am pleased to say is that we have actually more than cis, okay, that got a report of a negative biopsy, okay? That doesn't always happen, but when it does, praise, praise God from whom all blessings flow, okay? want to encourage you to take time to read through the announcements that are included in the bulletin and read through the prayer requests, okay? Um, we have some additions. Alice's friend Cindy, okay, um, is, Alice, is it, is it her husband that, that's really... Probably won't make it until Thanksgiving. Okay. And then um, prayers for Nancy. Okay. Prayers for her sister. Um, and again, thank you, Alice. Oh, Mary, yes. Um, a friend that's having heart issues. Please keep them in your prayers. You don't have to remember names. 
God already knows. Mostly what we're doing is saying, God, just a reminder. Just a reminder. When we look around us, we see all sorts of things happening. Some of them make us happy, and some of them make us sad. It's life. One of the things that happened in, in, at Sunday morning coffee um, today was we were talking about how God doesn't, didn't make creation with the intention of people suffering. That suffering is the result mostly of what we do or don't do. How we've messed up as a species. Okay. And what happens to us, you won't hear me say to you, what's happening to you is God's will, especially if it's hurting you. God isn't out to get us. Okay? Those of you, forget the cartoon I shared yesterday. Okay? But God isn't out to get us. God wants us to heal. God wants to wipe away our tears. You will hear me talk about the kingdom of God. And I will know when it's here. When I feel God wipe the tears away from my eyes. And there's no more pain. And there's no more sickness and no more death. Sometimes what God is asking of us is to do something. Other times what God is asking us to do is to just get out of the way. God wants us to talk to God. God wants us to listen to God. Mostly we're never quiet enough that we listen. one of the reasons why I invite us for the longest minute in Sunday morning worship listening in silence let us pray our blessed Jesus thank you for good news and the good news is this God loves us. God loves us and wants us to know about it. Dear Jesus, that is the good news that you brought when you walked this world. God loves us and wants us in his kingdom. And then you went about in your life and your time, showing people how close the kingdom of God really is.
sick people touched you and were healed. You touched sick people and they were healed. A child was generous with a couple of loaves of bread and some fish. And you made sure thousands of people did not go hungry. Oh Lord Jesus. When we look around us, when we look at ourselves, there are times when we are overwhelmed with sadness the way that you were that day when you looked at Jerusalem and you cried. We want to make room for you to do your work. We want you to touch our lives. We want you to touch each other's lives through us. And more than that, we want you to touch the lives of people we love, people we know. With something of the kingdom of God right now. So they will know the kingdom of God is near. And the doors are open if we will walk in. It is for that kingdom we pray. Every time we join our voices together in the words you taught us to say. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Take a moment and listen to God in silence, for God speaks in turn during prayer. Amen. If you are able, please stand for, or I guess we don't stand for, do we? Stand for affirmation you of faith? You can stand for affirmation of faith if you're able. Okay, if you're able, please stand. We believe, believe in, in God, God who, who created, created us, us to be, be his, his very own. own. We, we believe, believe in Christ, Christ God's, God's way of coming to us in a vivid and powerful human way. We believe in the Holy Spirit, God's presence with us now. We believe in God's shaping, healing, and forgiving presence. It works both in and through our lives. It makes us children of God. It makes us faithful and victorious. Amen.
be seated. Unless you're in the choir. And before we start, I uh, just want to make two announcements in case I didn't catch you. I am starting the kids' youth, the kids' bell choir this morning right after church. Um, anyone's welcome. Um, you know, I, I don't want to exclude anybody. If you think your kid can ring a bell when I point at them, they're good. Second, I'm going to be starting the adult bell choir this Thursday at 6 o'clock. So those of you interested in adult bell choir, please be there. Okay. Would the children come, please? Thank you. 
Yeah, Houston, we have a problem. <laughs> That's right, the kind of problems we want to have. Okay, now I'm going to ask you for your help. Okay, I'm going to ask you to help me make the big people crazy. Okay? Help, help, will you help me make the big people crazy? Okay, I want you to, when we're done, okay, I want you to ask the big people, what's with the ladder and the rock? Okay? Okay? Ask the, no, ask the big people, what's with the ladder and the rock? This is a sermon without words. Remember we had the yoke? You remember that? I know it was a long time ago. Yeah, Olivia. Not me. I know. Ask them, Olivia. I don't lie. I don't lie. What, Wally? Oh, it's going to break it? No, I was told explicitly. I cannot lean against this ladder because it'll scrape the altar rail. It's okay, Linda. I need that. Okay, but ask the big people, okay? And it'll make them crazy because I bet they will not have figured it out yet. Okay? Pardon? Oh, the... See, you're putting pieces together, okay? This is a Bible thing. It's a Bible thing. It's in the Bible. Just like, yeah, remember the yoke was in the Bible? Okay. Remember the door was in the Bible? Yeah. Oh, Dad, Dad didn't wake you up early enough, huh? The rock in the water. You, the rock, I don't think you can throw that one in the water. Yeah? What's with the rocks in the water? Not me, them. I thought you were a big person. I, <laughs> let me, okay, look. Yes, I am a big person. All right, oops. Sorry, Rick, I hope that didn't tear your ears off. Okay, yes, I am a big person, okay? But I am a big person that spends time down here. I know. You know, do, Wally, do you know what that's called? When, 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 when a person has glasses that hang like that, that's called... O P B Old Person Behavior. <laughs> yeah. Them. Ask Grandma. <laughs> the Ladder in the Rock is a silent sermon. It's in the Bible. The big people, their job is to figure it out, okay? Now, I did bring something to show you.
No. Come on. Paper towel. What are paper towels for? To dry your hands. To dry. Oh. Paper towels are to dry your hands. Okay. So what happens, okay, what happens when you do something else besides dry your hands? What is a paper towel for? Hmm? What else is a paper towel for? Uh-oh. What is it? All together. What is a paper plate? So what's the difference between a paper towel and a paper plane? What's the difference? For fun, okay? And they fly. Not too bad for a piece of paper towel, eh? <laughs> okay. What's the difference? Okay, it started out as paper towel. What is the difference between the paper towel and now? It's what I did with it. Ah, yeah, I folded it. I did something with it to make it do something else. How many things in your life, okay, are one thing until you do something with it? Yes, Olivia. Yeah, okay. Water, okay. What else? Okay, what else? Earth, huh? Oh, okay. I, did I catch it? Well, okay. Um, okay. Did you know when you have ice cream at, at hot time, it melts in, in today? You, you, when you really have ice cream, you have ice cream downstairs and it's in the freezer so it can be cold again? Okay. So ice cream, when it gets warm, melts. It changes. Okay. Now... Who are you? Okay. Who are you? Are you just your name? Okay. Are you what you do? Yeah. Okay. So, is a piece of paper towel just a piece of paper towel? No. Okay. Are you just you? No. Yes? And no. Are you just you? It all depends on what you do. What are you going to do with yourself? The big people think that what you're going to do is whatever it takes to make them crazy. Okay? That's what they think. Now, I, oh, I almost forgot to ask you. Are the big people making you crazy? Yeah? Okay. Big people listen. Okay. So, what are you going to do with yourself? 
What are you going to do with yourself, Wally? Eat monsters. Okay. You have monsters on your pants. Yeah, I see their teeth. Okay. What are you going to do with yourself? Ooh. On that one. What are you going to do with yourself? That's not an easy question, is it? No. But it's one that we decide all the time. Jesus tells us some things about what to do with ourselves. And amongst the things that Jesus tells us is, don't hurt yourself. Okay? Jesus tells us, don't hurt yourself. Seems pretty simple, doesn't it? Okay, when was the last time you hurt yourself? Oops! Yesterday. A couple weeks ago? Okay. Wally? You tripped on the ball. Yeah? 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 Last night. Hurt your thumb? Oh, yuck. Yeah? Yeah, it stings. It stings. Now, there's something else that, that Jesus wants us to learn, okay, to do with ourselves. And that's not hurt anybody else. Hmm. Sometimes that's a real hard one, too. And what else are we going to do? We're going to grow. We're going to learn. Okay? We might be doctors or lawyers or firemen. Or docs. Yeah? Okay. Yeah? She was in the Red Cross. But what are you going to do with yourself? Okay? It's a hard question. It's a hard question. Remember, don't hurt yourself. Remember, don't hurt others. What are you going to do with the paper towel? Are you just going to wipe your hands? Yeah. Or are you going to make an airplane? airplane. Sometime remind me, I'll show you how to make a, take a paper towel and make a cootie catcher. Okay, a cootie catcher. You know what cooties are? Ew, cooties. Okay, it's important to know. It's important to know that you are important. It's important to know that Jesus loves you and wants you to make decisions about 
who you're going to be, how you're going to be, how you're going to live. Okay? Let's have a prayer, shall we? Blessed Jesus, we thank you. There's so many of us this morning, and that is so good. And Lord Jesus, you've given each one of us something special. We may think we're just like a paper towel, but you can turn us into an airplane, any of a number of things. Oh, Lord, help us to remember it's what we do with you and what we do with ourselves that make this world the way you want it to be. Hear our prayer. Amen. Now, guess what? There's goodies. <laughs> Thank you for joining me on the floor. I appreciate that. <laughs> Did you get your candy? Not yet? You are being so kind to me. Thank you. I appreciate it. Oh, you know what I did? I forgot noisy offering. Could I have two helpers? Could I have some helpers? In, ca in case you didn't notice, that was another... OPB. Zachary remembered. Zachary remembered. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Phyllis, are you going to need another hand? That wasn't the question. Okay. Oh, Shirley, hi. Okay.
If you're able, would you stand? begin with gratitude. Thank you. Thank you that you have touched our lives for good. Lots of things go haywire, but even in the mess, you touch our lives for good. Thank you. Thank you for the gift of each other. Thank you for the gift of the ability to give you gifts. Oh, Lord, we bring our gifts to you. Some of them are noisy. Others aren't. Noisy or not, oh, Lord, take our gifts. Use them for the glory of your kingdom. Hear our prayer. Amen. Amen. Our hymn of preparation is number 127. you beautifully sung. You may be seated. I just thought of something. Do people need to be reminded that the chosen is coming up? 
Hmm. Okay. Dottie, can I sick people on you? Okay. If you want information about the chosen, see Dottie. All right. The 21st. The scripture for this morning is taken from Isaiah chapter 14. Focus is going to be verse 3. When the Lord has given you rest from your pain and turmoil and the hard service with which you were made to serve, you shall take up this taunt against the king of Babylon. The oppression has ceased. The oppressor's insolence has ceased. The Lord has broken the staff of the wicked the scepter of rulers that struck down the peoples in wrath and unceasing blows, that ruled the nations in anger with unrelenting persecution. Our Lord will give you rest. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amongst the things that I hear from people, and amongst the things I hear from myself, is I'm tired. I start out with energy, I have a lot I want to do, but the energy runs out before the getting done gets done. If you don't get anything else out of this sermon, I hope you get this. The Lord has promised that we will be given rest from sorrow and fear and be free from our bondage of every sort that we often suffer in life. That's a sweeping statement. You know, we're beginning the countdown to the end of the Christian year. The end of the Christian year is two weeks away. Next Sunday is Thanksgiving Sunday, and it's Christ the King Sunday. The following Sunday is the first Sunday of Advent, and it's the Christian New Year. So, next Sunday week, okay, two weeks away, don't be surprised when the service starts with Happy New Year! Because the Christian calendar restarts the beginning of Advent. The Advent season is when we get ready to celebrate Christmas. It's a time for lights, food, family, and friends. And most importantly, it's a time to do some serious thinking about Jesus. It's time to think about what his birth means. I previously talked about how our Lord's life is a model of freedom. Among the things our Lord came to do was to show us how to live free lives. 
Jesus came to show us how to live lives that are not entangled. How to live lives that are not merely ruts. How to live lives that are calm and deep, not superficial. How to live lives that are not enslaved to anyone or anything. When I'm really bad, okay, I ask people to do something. Write down the five most important things in your life. Okay? Write down the five most important things in your life. And then I go really rotten, and I ask, okay, list the five things that you spend your most time on. How do the two lists line up? See why I say I'm bad? Christians have wrestled with understanding what our Lord's life means to us. Often Christians have seen Jesus as a second Moses. That's one of the ways that that people of faith have talked about him. Okay, Jesus is the second one who has been called of God to deliver the people of God from their bondage. Jesus has been seen as the second one to lead the people of God to the promised land. What is, okay, and that promised land is where there is rest from sorrow, fear, and burdens that wear the life out of us. So often in these days we talk about multitasking and other stuff. We talk about how we use our time. We talk about how busy we are. Okay? The promised land is where Jesus said God changes all that. What will that look like? It'll be different for each one of us. What will that look like? What is the meaning of our Lord's life? What specifically does he mean to you and me? What comfort does he give us in those sorrows we carry? How does Jesus remind us we are not alone? What comfort does Jesus give us in those sorrows? What rest does Jesus offer us from the fears that haunt us? What relief does he give us from the bondage, the heavy burdens that we suffer? When I was as young as the kids who who just left, okay, 
we practiced for the dropping of the atomic bomb. Whoever thought, okay, 50 years later, we'd start talking about that kind of stuff again. It's bad enough that, that, that we have active shooter drills. But who would have thought of that? An atomic bomb? Thought we learned better. I knew somebody who was in Hiroshima five days after the bomb dropped. She lived 77 years, Kitty did. And she still had nightmares about it. What bondage do we suffer? What fears do we have? Okay. When we talk about the children of Israel, the family of Jacob has a long history of disaster and enslavement. First, the family went down to Egypt. That started off as a good thing. But not all good things remain good. In the beginning, going down to Egypt was a blessing. It was freedom from hunger in the face of famine. Then things changed. The politics changed. Can you imagine that? Okay. The politics shifted drastically. In the end, the Israelites were enslaved. Most likely, they ended up building tombs. And finally, they ended up building the memorial city for Ramesses II. The Israelites were probably slaves in Egypt 200 or 300 years. That's longer than our countries existed. They were treated brutally. They were beaten, they were starved, they were worked to death, their children were murdered or worse. Moses was called by God to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. By way of Moses, God worked miracles that opened wide the doors of freedom. God used Moses to lead the people to the promised land. Once they were free, God used Moses to give them guidelines to stay free. God didn't want his people ensnared again once they entered the promised land. You know what those, t those guidelines are? They're the Ten Commandments. Okay? They're so important that Holy Scripture tells us that God wrote them with his own hand. How do you know that some, somebody has an important message for you? from a distance? Is it a phone call? No, not, uh, sometimes. Internet? Mm. You get a handwritten note? They took the time. Must be important. 
God made it clear he is the source and the foundation of all freedom. It is God who said, I am the Lord your God who brought you. And we don't have the subtleties in our language anymore. Okay? I am the Lord your God who has brought you, my friend. The grammar there is familiar tense in Hebrew. You only use it with friends. I have brought you, my friend, out of the house of bondage. I am the God of freedom. Exodus 20, verse 2. The commandments are the little book of freedom. They are not simply a moral ideal. They are a guide to staying free. They give people maximum space while clearly pointing out those areas that need to be avoided. Okay? You're not going to hear this said many times. Okay, but if you consider it, the commandments say you can pretty much do what you want to and still be obedient. However, okay, however, you cannot make anything more important than God. That's idolatry. You can't neglect your parents. Okay, often you will hear preachers say, that's the only commandment with a promise. You can't take the law into your own hands and murder someone. You can't steal one another's spouses. Thou shalt not commit adultery. You can't steal from each other or kidnap people. What doesn't get said is that the word steal there okay, is only used in five places in the Old Testament. And every time it's used, it's used to describe kidnapping. You don't steal a person, you don't steal their stuff. Okay. You don't ruin your neighbor's good name in court or anywhere else. Thou shalt not bear false witness. You can't do any of these things and keep your freedom. Ouch. God said, don't enslave yourself to other gods. Respect and maintain the integrity of each other. Don't ruin each other economically so as to avoid the slavery of poverty. It's in there. Read it. To be poor then meant to end up being sold as a slave to pay your debts. Daniel, owe me a thousand bucks. I'm going to sell you off. I'm going to get my thousand bucks one way or another. I don't care what it costs you. I'm going to get my money. That's the way it worked. That's the way it worked. 
Now, Jacob's family had a short memory. They repeatedly forgot what God had told them to keep them free. They ended up slaves over and over again. Most of the Old Testament is about what happens when people forget the simple rules of being free. Finally, Jacob's family got so forgetful that God kicked them out of the promised land. Jerusalem was under siege for years, not days, not weeks, not months, years. Many died of disease. Many died of starvation. People were reduced to cannibalism. Eventually, the city was ransacked and burned. Their enemies killed their survivors. The rest of Jacob's family was exiled to all sorts of foreign countries. It was like losing the Garden of Eden all over again. It was a total disaster. The prophet Isaiah spoke out during the fall of Jerusalem and he didn't pull any punches. He told the people how forgetful they were. He told them how disobedient they were. And Isaiah reached back to the picture of Moses and he pleaded with God to come down again and free his people once more. You want a description of that plea? Read um, Isaiah 63 following. We Christians believe that God has indeed come down to free all his children. We believe that Jesus is the one God has sent to free his children today, just as he sent Moses in ancient times. Each of us in our own way is in some kind of bondage. It may be a rather comfortable bondage, but we still need to be free. How are you spending your time? How many hours are you working? How much of that money's making you comfortable? How much of that money you know you got to make it or you're not going to have what you got? Are you free? We have our own bitter sorrows. We have our own terrible fears. We have our own crushing loads to bear. It's been 12 years since my brother committed suicide. Load hasn't gotten any lighter. Such and much more goes on in our own lives and in our own families. Some of us do more than struggle with the twists and turns in our own lives. We struggle to deal with what is going on in our parents' lives. We sorrow and fear over the lives of our children. How many of us are betweeners? Taking care of the folks, taking care of the kids. 
doesn't make any difference that the kids are 30 now. We see God's world that could be so wonderful, torn up by hate and greed, idolatry, jealousy, and arrogance. Did I leave anything out? We see ourselves caught in a horrible disregard and disrespect for others and for ourselves. We're losing Eden again. God has sent us our Lord Jesus to give us rest from it all. He gives rest from sorrow. He gives rest from fear. He gives rest from the bondage of our spiritual, emotional, physical, financial, and social burdens. Jesus has come to guide us to freedom. He didn't just speak laws, rules, or guidelines. He lived the model of freedom for us to follow. He lived. Love God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. By his life and death, Jesus said, come with me. This is the way to the promised land. Come with me. This is the way to the promised land. Will we follow? Will we live free like Jesus? Will we accept the rest that Jesus has come to give us? Or will we be like the children of Jacob and follow Moses to the edge of the promised land and say, I'm not going there, there's giants. What are we going to do with the paper towel that Jesus gives us? Amen? Thank you. Seven hundred and fourteen. I know whom I have believed.
with God's blessing on you. We know God's blessings are all around us. Go refreshed with the power of the Spirit. We are strengthened by God's power dwelling in us. Go with the good news of Christ in your heart and mind. We are guided and challenged by our Lord's word to us. Amen. Be blessed. Be safe on the roads.